Welcome to the Dark Side of Soul podcast. This is Joe. And this is Sean. Hey, Sean. Hey, um, Joe. It's the end of the year. Remember, remember a year ago, everyone's like, yeah, man, 2019 sucked. Looking forward to 2020. Yeah, I do remember that. Did 2019 suck? See, I don't even remember. Everyone, see, no one remembers. Since <laughs> 2020 has been I so think, shitty. I, uh, I don't remember what happened in 2019. Like, everyone said it was sucking. It seemed like from 2016 onwards, it was a progression of sucktitude. Mm, you know, it all crap. started with the death of David Bowie. Yeah, that's right. And, and then. That's, that's my theory, my, my hypothesis, because theories are proven. Hypotheses have yet to be proven. Mm-hmm. I think that the um, sometime ha- something happened maybe, and maybe between 2015 and 2016, they did something with the the CERN hadron collider, <laughs> and we got switched into another dimension. Yep, could be. We're in it, some bizarro timeline. Right. That's now. right. David David Bowie returned to his home planet. No, it's it's just we were in this we are, our timeline branched off where David Bowie died, and Prince, and then everything that happened from <clears throat> 2016 up until now, progressing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then it was ha- Prince. It was the Hadron Collider. Who else? Uh, and Eddie Van Halen died just a couple months oh, ago. So many, so many died. Yeah. So many, yeah. so many deaths. Yeah. And so many. <sighs> Weird man, and that's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> the year we're going to talk review. about the year as far as Korea mm-hmm. goes, as far as the dark side of Korea goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff. Again, this is an episode where, when I was putting stuff together for this episode, I was like, ah, okay, let's. This will be. This could be like a four-parter. But, no, it's yeah, not. But but no, but it's not. So I cut a lot. I I just kind of put a few key things that um, that we can talk about that were just uh, major events that took place this year. Major within, events within within our within within the scope of what we always discuss on the on the podcast. Yeah, so, we're not going to talk about like our episodes. It's like no, no, no. No, hey no. Sean, remember that episode? Or that episode? That maybe was, when we that was good, yeah. Maybe when we hit our our one year, we can do a retrospective episode, a look we'll back. We'll see. We'll see. In retrospect, or maybe when we hit a hundred episodes, something that's a little bit more of a. <gasps> so that's well, still we could another. Do that. Still another. That'd be more than a year. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about it. Okay. This year. Yeah. So just breaking things down as they happened chronologically, the biggest event globally this year, of course, is COVID nineteen. Oh <laughs> it's what? No no another disease. Oh. oh oh nasty. Just lost a couple listeners. Mm. <laughs> so uh no, uh yeah, coronavirus. COVID nineteen. So in, uh, Korea started in January. As far as I remember, 
maybe you can maybe you might remember better than me was korea the second country after china to get it or yes. was there we were weren't we yeah because it well, was about a month because we got our first case on january 20th Right. First case, first reported case was on the 20th right. of January. We knew it was coming too, and no one was preparing. No, no, no one got no one got ready for it. Um, but yeah, so hit 20th, 20th of January, Korea gets its first case. Then it kind of grows slowly, and then boom, Shinjunji in February. In February, that's right, down in Daegu. The Shinjunji Church of Jesus in Daegu. Uh, I think we talked about them a l- just a little bit in our in other episodes we have, but um, in the cult episode, right? Yeah, we talked. We didn't go into detail about them, but we just mentioned them. I think. And then we started getting like people talking about like these 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 fresh off the plane expats here. Were scared. Some of them went back to their home countries because they were scared mm. of what was happening in Korea. I'm like, those of us who've lived here, especially especially me, I'm American. Mm. Uh, I I had a feeling I knew what was going to happen in America. That we were America was not not the infrastructure was not ready for what was. I remember coming. you telling me that? I remember way back <clears throat> when we were chatting, probably before we started the podcast. We were talking one day. Because we didn't know what was going to happen with uh, with the tours, right? Like, oh well, we were kind of discussing what would happen if the tours stop or if they have to shut down for a while. And I think I think we just went on a, a on a tangent a little bit, just talking about it generally. And you're like, oh man, <laughs> people back, people who are leaving and going back home, they're heading into disaster. They're better off here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, my my wife and daughter were in were in a two month mm. stay in America, and I was worried about them coming back to Korea on time. And they got on one of the last flights <sighs> on Delta before they uh, cut back their schedule. And yeah. I, I, they, I they had to get back because the school year was starting. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. No, no, so many things were pushed back. Yeah, and then and, and that first month, uh, I mean the first major month, uh, March, mm-hmm. we were we really did take it seriously back in March, and we were getting the numbers down. Yeah, yeah, and and, and the I think the thing that helped Korea was that everyone was focused on controlling it, containing it, and and containing it in Daegu. Now I don't mean that in a way as like shag Daegu, Daegu, but containing it there so it didn't spread nationally. So if it was yeah. contained. Daegu, I think the the experts were considering, okay, if it's just in this one epicenter, it's much easier to control. Right. So, and I, yeah, we, I think Korea did a great job initially. Well, not I was rated. The, I was not rated very taking it seriously. I, I tried not to go out to the grocery store. Really, mm-hmm. was staying home. Yeah, yeah, we were, t- and it wasn't even in, in around us yet. No, There's so few cases anywhere, and. um my area just got its first cases this week so no. it took us this long for this area to get to get its first cases it's, there was it's a popping up it's popping up in our neighborhood and it's popped up in apartment buildings on both sides of us mm. and 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 in my office building someone oh, no. someone came in with it but and they went to a 
different floor and they use a different elevator than we use and none of the people they none of the people at that office has tested positive but we just knew that someone was traced to there they visited but yeah I haven't as far as we know yeah it hasn't we haven't had any big cases in our specific area I still don't know anyone who's gotten it but I don't know many people no, no I don't <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah um, yeah I think yeah I don't know anyone who directly has gotten it but I've known I know people who've been tested who may oh, have yeah. gotten it who were yeah. worried that they were in contact I was in contact I, th- I mentioned that in another episode I was in contact with or in the same building with a man who was in the same hospital as patient 36 oh 36, back when we were counting back when we were counting um down in daegu she was at a hospital he was in the same hospital on a sunday he came to the, the seoul grand building on the following tuesday i was mm-hmm. also there on that tuesday while i was in the building they told us someone who was in contact with a coronavirus patient uh the fa- that 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 time they called him you know called her patient 36 uh was in the building today and i was like oh that's just great so he had to go he and his wife went and got tested i uh i was told to go home and isolate came home and isolated from my family um and waited for the results of his test the next morning and they called me at 11 a.m and said he was negative so i was fine okay so that's the closest i got to got to it um and yeah and then but things started to get better um you know numbers really went down um there was a cluster that rose in may and that was in the eto on the club the clubs yeah uh, small cluster didn't really turn into into anything um it actually turned mostly into an excuse for for uh, shitheads to uh to be uh, homophobic because uh there was a lot of um it was gay bars in Itaewon that were involved in that and a little bit of xenophobia and but xenophobia that, the, the xenophobia well. was happening and from the beginning though that's right yeah yeah for sure um and so but numbers yeah that didn't really turn into much numbers went back down then august hit and mm. that's when we started seeing a little bit of a return in tours both of us we started getting more and more tours like mm-hmm. say july august and uh i had a tour on a friday night and it was with uh with us uh, several people but uh, an old friend of mine steve steve uh, marsh mm-hmm. um who's been on several tours with with me and with you as well uh, when his family came here in february and uh, during the winter olympics they did the dark side with you i think yep yep and uh, I took his family on a on a hiking tour, but Steve's been on the dark side tour I think four times. Oh. So great guy, how's it going, Steve? I know he listens as well to the to the hey, podcast. Steve. And uh, yeah, we were sitting down after the tour, sitting around having a beer, uh, and um, we're just talking about how oh man, things were looking good, and now this this was just a few days after the 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 they had. The church, the uh, J, the Sarang Jail Church, 
they had all the protests in Seoul, and then they were a massive cluster infection. Yep. And numbers rose again. So anyway, that numbers rose, um, but still things kind of got under control. Numbers dropped well below a hundred for quite a long time. Then people were were I mean a hundred per day, hundred cases per day for for weeks, and then people were worried that Halloween was going to turn into a big uh, disaster. They were worried uh, that uh, uh, Chuseok was going to be a big disaster, and neither one of them were. No. But enter November, <laughs> yep, and things start to spike. Um, we get new records by mid-December, uh, and now, as as of recording, uh, we've already broke records for the number of cases per day. We broke a thousand. The initial spike back in the early part of the year, the highest we got was just over nine hundred cases, but we've now had several days of over a thousand as of recording three days in a row of over a thousand cases. Yeah. And, um, we're also experiencing sharp increases in deaths as well. So as of recording, uh, there's 47,515. There have been that many cases now over 33,000 people have recovered. That's also a key thing. I think we should also incorporate some of the good news and all, and all, yeah the coronavirus uh, discussion as well. But total caseload since January 20th to now, um, towards the end of December, is over 47,500 cases, 645 deaths. The fatality rate has increased in the last couple of weeks to 1.36%. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's the big news around the world. And that was the first big event that Korea had this year. Any other what do you what do you think um just quick before we move on from that? What do you think of what people are saying this is the kids today are going to be the corona generation? They're I've been I've been world. saying that too. I told I've been telling my daughter she's they're going to be known as the corona generation. Yeah, generation yeah. Z. Yeah, yeah. Generation CV. They're going to be like in the future when they're all in their thirties, they're like, what did you do during coronavirus? Well, it's just, it just defines them as they were the ones who had yeah. to do zoom schools. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they, and like, they, they had the fear. They really had the fear of this visible thing around them. And they're mm-hmm. young enough that, that they really did feel the fear. Like you and I felt the fear of nuclear Holocaust during mm-hmm. the eighties when we were growing up. Um, the Iraq war was scary. The Gulf, the first Iraq, uh, the Gulf war. I remember that was frightening. I was scared to death when that broke out. And when I saw the, the nighttime cameras of the missiles, the, the Patriot missiles and the scuds and all that stuff blasting back and forth, it scared the hell out of me. Hmm. And imagine, uh, yeah, the kids now being scared. And, well, they are. And my daughter is not so much scared as she is just really upset and stressed about not being able to yeah, go stressed. to kids. Ki- kindergarten now i've thought too like events like this often make certain words uh key key focal points for a lot of different for for generations that experience certain things so i think a word like lockdown i think it's possible in the future when kids in this generation like say when they're 30 20 30 years old 
they'll say something like, so how was the lockdown for you? Mm-hmm. And everyone will know what they're talking about. Yep. So certain th- these there's going to be a certain shift in culture. Germophobic. Yeah, very likely. Yeah, which is not good either. Um, that th- those I think that's a long term um, bad point of very very terrible negative point of of the coronavirus. Um, I guess this is myself. I think I'm going to be a little. I, I think I'll be changed when a year from now. I think I will still have some habits and some jitteriness that I've gotten from from our time of doing of being in the middle of Corona. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll return to the podcast after this message. Get our comic book, The Dark Side of Soul, Weird Tales from Korean Lore, at our website, darksideofsoul.com, or get it at Comixology. If you're in Seoul, visit the Dice Latte near Huegi Station to get your copy. Written by me and drawn by Tim Bauer, it's 50 pages of folkloric dread. And now, back to the show. So moving on from that, uh, something uh, something a little bit from the time when we were still doing tours <laughs> with, with a little bit more frequency. Well, when things were, when things were on the normal trajectory. Right. Yeah, not, not so bad. Back in February... Of this year, um, I had a tour, and uh, I had participants on the tour allege that there were several ghosts following us on the tour. Mm. So, the uh, so we have had, and we mentioned before, we've had several alleged clairvoyance psychics on the tour claim that there are certain areas of the tour that are haunted. Ghosts follow us. Um, Joe, you were told that you have a ghost that's kind of a very protective of you or very jealous. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's mm-hmm. one, one there, uh, Gyung Hee Gung, mm-hmm. supposedly protecting me, especially, especially if there are women on the tour. Just not this suspicious of women. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, we get a lot of this this interesting, you know, information from these these alleged clairvoyants. So. Um, We've mentioned several times we're putting a book together, kind of gathering modern ex- modern supernatural experiences in Korea, and uh, con- consider this to be a little uh, a little preview of some of the stuff that's going <laughs> to going to be uh, presented in that book. So back in February, I led a tour. There were a couple of clairvoyants on the tour. We did enter Kyunghee Gung, where a lot of people have claimed there are ghosts and other supernatural experiences and whatnot happening there on those grounds but they claimed that at the well which is on the backgrounds of the Seoul museum of history there's an old well there that uh, dates back to the 1620s they claim and i stopped there on my tours they these clairvoyants claimed that there was the ghost of an old bearded man lurking around Hmm. and following us when we entered that area he suddenly appeared and he started following us and when we left that area he disappeared he didn't follow us off or outside of that that area which is called the king's well courtyard so but what's interesting is that they said he was very jolly he was just smiling the whole time and uh seemed very joy uh, uh jovial 
and was very happy to be part of the tour. He considered himself part of the tour. <laughs> but they also believed that he uh, he knew he was dead. He knew he was a ghost. Mm. And he just seemed to embrace it, accept it. And allegedly, they, they also suggested that he's there every single time I, I stop there and do tours. Mm. So that was the first experience, first time anyone ever said anything about this very friendly, happy, old, bearded ghost of a man, probably from the Chosun dynasty, they said. And he's just following us around the the area where he's spending eternity, haunting the Kingswell courtyard. So that was interesting. That was the last time we had any kind of experience like that on the tour. I did, for me anyway, because we haven't had mm. many tours this year. So anyway, do you have any anything like that? I don't, I don't really. This, I mean, this year. I'm trying to think of anything new this year, but again, I didn't have as many tours as well mm -hmm. um no no i can't think of any right off the top of my head yeah we have to chat later when we when i sit down and start hammering out the pros for the book and uh get some of the some of the things that you remember that that was told to you on on tours and whatnot as well yeah okay and then moving on there are a lot of different things that happened throughout the summer and whatnot. Um, I don't really have too much though. There's one thing that happened back in March and uh, this was a really strange thing. It seemed to kind of go under the radar a little bit because everything was just overshadowed by, by coronavirus. But uh, in the end of March, a group of miners, uh, young teenagers, boys stole a rented car in Seoul and they drove it to Daejeon. Wow, that sounds like the plot of a very boring road movie. Yeah, but unfortunately they also drove their car into an 18-year-old driving a motorcycle and they killed him. Oh, no, that's very bad. Oh, I and remember then, that. Ah. Do you remember that? It was a hit yeah. and run. Yeah. I think they drove it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they that was that was near Pyeongtaek, wasn't it? They they hit they hit the 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 driver in Daejeon. Um, mm. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm confusing details now. I'm, I, I'm I think I'm getting things maybe a little bit wrong. I'm pretty sure they stole the car in Seoul. Mm. Then they drove to Daejeon, and the driver was 13 years old. Mm. And um, and then they they stole it off a street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was in Seoul. Mm. The day before they hit the hit the young man, that was the end of like March 29th. And uh, the driver then fled back to uh, um, fled back to Seoul. And the young guy that got the the the, the young guy that got killed. He was, I think, returning from his part-time job to pay off his or pay for his tuition for university. Oh man! So, um, so 
one key thing that I really remember about that was a, a huge petition uh, demanding really severe punishment for for these kids who who stole the car. Yeah. I'm not sure if that happened. I'm not sure what the result of that was. Again, like a lot of the stuff, the, the a lot of news like this just wasn't followed up on. Yeah, um, got overshadowed by other things. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so that was one thing that happened in March. And all throughout the summer and whatnot, different things happened. But you know, we had a terrible summer for weather, terrible flooding over the summer, and we did an episode. Uh, yes, based yeah, on flooding. Yeah, yeah. If anyone wants to go back and listen to that, uh, different floods and whatnot, natural disasters in Korea, terrible, terrible summer this year. Just so much rain. If I recall, it was more than forty days of continual rain somewhere on the peninsula. Mm. So. Don't remember that, but I remember it was a good bit of rain. It was, it was a yeah. proper jangma. Oh yeah. Yeah, the full-on storm. It was the worst summer I've ever had in Korea. This was my twentieth oh, summer. Really? It was e- oh yeah, for for I mean consistent consistent rain. Absolutely, yeah, the worst summer I've ever had. Okay. Yeah, there was a bus not far from me. There was a bus that uh, was got washed off of a bridge. There was a flash flood of some sort, and several people died. Um, yeah, it was pretty bad. Terrible, terrible summer. Uh, and then moving moving to later in the year, this was something. This is something that was just a little bit interesting and uh, kind of goofy, um, but also the kind of thing that just doesn't get discussed in any kind of major news outlet or anything. In October, there was uh, a, a high profile, and when I say high profile, I mean among people who follow this kind of news. There was a high profile UFO sighting. Uh, there was a man who claimed that he has the ability to summon alien spacecraft with his mind. Wow. He makes a mental connection with alien spacecraft and summons summons them to Earth. <laughs> and he filmed himself doing it. So he there's a video there's a camera filming him and he's he's doing all this you know this movement or whatnot and like he's meditating and then a spacecraft appears in the sky a white spacecraft appears and they keep keep filming it UFOologists so people who are full on into following things like this mm-hmm. several of them started calling it incredible evidence of alien craft visiting earth it was amazing what does what does sid think i didn't get into i didn't ask Sid. i should ask Sid about it i didn't i didn't talk to sid about this um but it turned out anyway on ufos we did do an episode way back in the beginning like our maybe fifth fifth episode or something or something like that maybe even earlier than that um but it doesn't really matter what what Sid thinks about this about this because uh, it was just a hoax. <laughs> but the result of like all these people before it was revealed as a hoax, all these people who study this kind of thing were just all over the internet. The 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 you know the sectors of the internet where these people often go and they chat with each other, just 
full of people saying, look at this, this is amazing. Look at this, you know, evidence, this amazing evidence for UFOs. And it was a hoax. So <laughs> there is a video for it. And we'll, uh, we'll, we'll add the link uh, under the video. So if everyone wants to, uh, to just check it out and see this video that just turned out to be a hoax. But big news in the, in the UFO community in Korea. <laughs> but moving on from that, something that was probably one of the biggest news stories of the, of the last two years. Yeah. Um, and this was the Nth Room. And the, the Nth Room... room yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, yeah, the Nth Room was uh, dark web sex videos of of underage it's under it's just child pornography yeah yeah absolutely yeah 77 trying to think of the 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 total and 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 yeah rape pornography that's right right it was a hundred that's right it was 103 yeah it was 77 women and 26 children minors who who were involved in all of that mm-hmm. so, um so yeah they were forced into into making sex videos some of them were rape videos and the content was then put online on the dark web in the nth room and it was sold to over 260,000 people who purchased that's purchased. that's the disturbing part of it for me yeah yeah absolutely yeah and it was on the dark web they didn't just come across it. They were looking for it. Yeah. Looking for this kind of content. So, and they used cryptocurrency to, to purchase the videos so they couldn't be traced. And, um, so one of the, the key masterminds, uh, Joe Jubin, uh, young guys like 20, it's in his early twenties. He, uh, he was, convicted uh, in November and he was given 40 years in prison. Mm. So um, he called himself a devil and he thanked the prosecution for stopping him. Very, very strange. And there are a lot of cases. Yeah. A lot of cases like that where people say like, thank you. They, They thank the police for catching them. They're like, I wouldn't have stopped. I just, I can't, st- I, there's no way I would have stopped. So thank you for catching me. Don't know if people actually mean it, trying to get some sort of um, reaction from from people. Don't know. But that is what he said. Uh, another key person in the case was Moon, Hyuk, Moon Hyung-uk, also in his early 20s, young guy. He was charged in May this year. Um, and I do know prosecution prosecution is looking for the looking for a life sentence but i don't know if that's going to be given or if it has been given so um and the 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 screen names of both these people have been revealed as well so joe jubin the mastermind he was the doctor and moon hyung uk was god god g-o-d g-o-d god god so in Korean it's spelled gat gat, mm. but and but I've seen it. So I've seen it uh, 
translated into English as God, G-O-D, G-O-D, God, God. I guess that's what it's supposed to be. Got, got, like it's just, it's Koreanizing the English yeah. word God, the pronunciation, perhaps. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so finally this whole thing is, uh, is, is finished, but this all of these is. people, this part of it is, that's right. What about all those? Yeah, not even a fraction. I think we did talk about this in, a, in a, briefly in another episode. Not even a fraction of the people who who bought the content have been caught. Mm-hmm. Not even no, hardly any of them have been caught. So these people are still out there, and we don't know how many of them are currently producing content now, also mm-hmm. on the dark web. And so, hopefully, the result of this really for investigators is a stronger way to to crack down and find stuff like this and stop it so yeah this was probably one of the biggest cases like i said in korea in the last two years biggest issues and i don't think i've seen you know koreans get people in society get angry a lot and i think this was one of the cases that made koreans really really angry it was yeah so and moving on from that and we will talk a little bit more about Korean society being angry at <laughs> in, sexual in predators, bit. yeah, These sexual predators. Uh, but before that, huge, huge news also from last year was the Hwasung killer was caught. There's Suwon. Uh, that's right, and he was um, revealed to be Yi Chun Jae. Now, Hwasung, for anyone who doesn't know, we haven't really talked about the Hwasung. We haven't done an episode in the Hwasung killings, and I think. I think the reason is that it's so, I don't know, it's everywhere. There's so much content on it. We might we might do an episode in the future where we kind of really go into the depth of it and and talk more about things that aren't really discussed, but um, we don't tend to, to really talk about cases that are, you know, really into the, in the public eye. But the Hwasung killer, the Hwasung murders ran from... Uh, 1986 to 1991, 14 women, several of them were minors, a couple of them were teenagers, were raped and murdered. And at least one of them, uh, was the body was not found. So, um, and the, the case was unsolved for 30 years. And um, it turned out that uh, there was a man named... Um, uh, Yoon Sang Yo, who was considered to be the copycat killer. There was a, a 14 year old named uh, Park Sang Hee who went missing in 1989 mm. in Hwasong, and Yoon Sang Yo was, was uh, um, convicted and given life in prison as her killer. So, anyway, so Yoon was given life in prison he was supposed to he was initially given the death sentence but it was reduced to life in prison uh with possibility of parole after 20 years and he did serve almost 20 years uh and he was paroled in 2009 Uh, but he still had a a criminal record as a a murderer Mm. so when Yi Chun Jae was 
found to be the the Hwasung killer, he confessed to police that he was the Hwasung killer uh, in 2019. Uh, Yoon Sang case was was then thrown into question, and he demanded a uh, a retrial. So, um, so the retrial was held uh, in November of this year. And Ichun Jae was actually a witness. So he was the murderer, the Hwasung murderer. He, conv- he confessed to police that he was the Hwasung killer. Mm. Uh, but he, he, he appeared in court not as a defendant, but as a witness. And he came into court to tell the court that Yun sang Yo did not kill Pak Sang-hee in mm. 1989, but himself, Lee Jun-jae himself did. He raped and killed her, and her body is, it was still never found. So um, he confessed in front of the court that he was the, the Hwasung killer, where previously he had done it to, to the police. Now, Lee Jun-jae was in jail, and he still is in jail, but for something unrelated, uh, in 1994, January 1994, he drugged, raped, and murdered his sister-in-law. This 18 years old. He was eventually caught for that, and uh, he was convicted. Also, initially given the death penalty, but reduced to life in prison. Mm. Um, so he's he's currently in prison. Um, serving his time for murdering his sister-in-law. Now, unfortunately, even though he has confessed and evidence does point to him being the Hwasung killer, he will never be convicted because there used to be a statute of limitations on murder in Korea. And the statute of limitations on the Hwasung murders is expired. The law has oh, been my. changed, but it's not retroactive. So even though it's now known that he is the Hwasung killer, he will never, ever be convicted. Oh. So pretty nasty. So that kind of made people angry because the Hwasung kill, uh, murders really, uh, the, of course, we weren't here in Korea at that time. It was 86 oh. to 91, but it gripped Korea. I remember just talking to people. It's always who were- something about that area too. We've talked about that with the Jejun family, or think um, mm-hmm. that Suwon tends to have these types of str- um, chains of murders, mass murders. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I, I've said before on the tours that I have this pet, not pet theory, but an observation that they've moved they 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 gradually moved south as in if you start with Yuyeonchol mm. starting in, which is in the Mapo Hongdae area mm. or just Seoul yeah because he was even he was up even up in northeast from Seoul Chewa with some of his uh cases in Chungu uh, yeah. yeah then that was that was happening around the turn of the millennium and then when I started living in Seoul, 
my first time I was living in Seoul around 2004, 2005, there was, I was warned that there was someone on the loose in the area I was living in, which was uh, uh, Dong, which is southwestern mm-hmm. Seoul. Mm-hmm. And then the ones after that were even further south down in Suwon. <clears throat> so I was just noticing that maybe there's a migration <laughs> of serial killers <laughs> down south. Right. It, because, yeah. you know, it, gentrification. Gentrification yeah. gets rid of the serial killers. Mm-hmm. It's, um, yeah. 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 Well, that's interesting. Yes. Yeah, I, th- I think if you, I don't know if you, probably sat down and really mapped all that out you might you might you might find something so <laughs> everybody might be hearing might be able to hear purring through my microphone my cat is uh, is now sitting on the on the top of my desk near my microphone oh that'd be so, nice yeah so if you can hear the purring that's not joe yeah. <laughs> so so it could be could be so moving on from each and j um, to something that's a bit of a mystery still. I'm c- trying to follow this case. There hasn't been a whole lot of information about it. It might be updated by the time this episode comes out, but I'm just going to report what I know about it currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're now in December, now the end of the year as we're recording. But in early December, on the 8th, 8th of December, uh, a body was found in Yangsan, and uh, a local person uh, called the fire department and said there was a, a fire, a small fire, in a small parking lot. So the fire department came, and sure enough, they found a pile of trash that was on fire. They put it out easily, and then they examined it to kind of, you know, see what the contents were to try to determine what the fire, the cause of the fire was. And when they examined the pile of trash, they found a dead body. Mm. They found a woman wrapped in black plastic. And uh, police, were, of course, were called in. And uh, they believed the woman was murdered and the body was set on fire to hide evidence. And the identity of the woman and of course the killer has not been revealed to my knowledge and not at this point so it's a current case by the time you hear this it might have been solved and her identity may have been revealed to the public uh, but as of now no and that was just a couple of weeks ago wow yeah not very long ago so but the big case, one but the big one the big one the cap off the year as far as dark news mm-hmm is uh we did a whole episode on him Cho Du Sun. he was released from prison this month in December. Last weekend when we're recording. Yeah. Um we only saw he was he had a mask on, but uh Oh when yeah, when he got out of the the police uh, he was being escorted out and Yeah. People were throwing eggs at him. <laughs> he looked, he looked a little disoriented. Yeah, he was. Yeah, well, the thing. Yeah, the thing that really struck me um, 
now if you want more information on Chodu Soon, go back and listen to our uh, our episode. It's uh, Chodu Soon and the failure of uh, uh, sex crime laws, sex sex criminal so laws. He is the most Some, the most hated, like reviled hmm. criminal. I was going to say sex sex criminal, but criminal. He's the most reviled criminal. Most probably, yeah. Well, the media has called him the the most hated man in Korea. And I think we mm-hmm. mentioned that in the episode as well. So, but so the some of the issues is that it's been revealed that other inmates have said and they've done interviews and they've said that uh Joe Dusun is still very violent. He's violent mm-hmm. and there's uh they they gave him an analysis probably a psych test and stuff and it shows he has he has anger management issues still and he's and he craves alcohol so and it's well known that he he was he abused alcohol when he when he committed his crime mm-hmm. when he he raped that that eight-year-old girl so so we're not going to go too much into the details of the case because we did an episode to. on that yeah we've already done that so it was just a couple of weeks okay no well i guess it was but uh, it, it just sounds like he he has all it's all the it's the setup that he could do this again exactly it's not really showing remorse not no not at all yeah not at all and the key issue and we talked about it in in the episode was that he his wife still so his, he, his wife never divorced him never left him after the whole thing after him spending 12 years in in jail and remember only 12 years for raping and almost killing a 12 year old girl and ruining her life she the wife still lives in that neighborhood because because uh where Dusun committed the crime was was just like down the street from where he lived and and the little girl lived so his wife never moved she continued to live in the same house Mm. just awful so he leaving leaving prison he's still married so he needs a place to stay so he's going to obviously live with his wife so um so people were concerned about him moving back into that neighborhood where the victim who's now in her early 20s still lives she's still there she and her family she lives with her family and they still live in the same house as well they never moved moved away but it it was revealed now so the information that we gave at, at the time when we did the the episode at that time was current but now it's now outdated uh it was revealed that his wife did move but she just moved like around the corner or something she didn't move all that far away Mm -hmm. um so or like not the same neighborhood in ansan but still not that far but i guess the chances of them of her seeing him or bumping into him in any way is is very um very slim now slimmer than it would have been if if he had moved into the same same area but still there's worries about him being near any place with children right exactly 
And so the place where he's living now has a kindergarten, there are two schools and a children's library. So that's a, a massive problem, of course. Uh, some uh, criminal psychology researchers concluded that Cho Du Sun has a 76% chance of committing a sex crime again. Chances are he might live in a villa thinking about rather than an apartment. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, okay, we're talking about that because in our in our neighborhood, we sometimes get updates about um, uh, we get the sex cr criminal alerts. Mm -hmm. You know, like this, yep. this person's moving to this area, but it's always been in villas. They don't they don't go to apartments. Mm. We had and two more move in our neighborhood in the last month. Uh, yeah, just saying. In villa in Korea, villa just means like. Uh, like uh, how would you describe a villa it's not like well, a well, swiss it, villa it, no 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 uh they're like they're like small apartments they're they have like usually two flats on each floor and they're maybe four maybe five stories high yeah the highest i've ever seen is five stories yeah yeah there's no elevator usually no no some of them have elevators so, some of them do and so the reason i said that there's two more in my neighborhood is because you know where I live. It's all villas. There yeah. are no apartments where I live. So, um, so yeah, yeah. I I guess I don't know. I have no idea. I maybe that's a thing. They want to go to small neighborhoods because they no. Want I to think I just crowds. think they can because they're not they they're not allowed to be within a certain radius of something, and so it's like they can't get into apartments. Oh, I see. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But there was a new law passed. So the National Assembly was rushing to pass this law. And they're now calling it the Chodu Soon Prevention Law. Um, that's not the official name of the law. That's just kind of like, you know, laws get... get like the Brady uh, Bill. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. get nicknames. So, um, so this law, and they rushed to pass it before Chodu Soon was released. Um, the, it says that sex offenders personal information so the personal information so previously uh, we could see their names and their faces and like their height and their weights and things like that but their personal information including exactly where they live their address can is now revealed to the public so mm -hmm. they're like their mailing address mm -hmm. is now available to the public by this law and they're prohibited from entering kindergarten zones mm -hmm. so so now, unfortunately, and ironically, I guess, even though this new law has Chodusun's name attached to it, he it cannot be applied to him because he served his time and he was released before the law went into effect. Mm -hmm. And it's not retroactive. No. Why don't they make these laws retroactive? This uh, it's it's well, not that, but it's also the he was in prison for twelve years. You had a lot of time to do this. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And they were rushing it, and they, and the they knew his. Belly belly. Yeah, that's right. They knew when he was coming out. They're like, oh shit, he's going to be released in like four weeks. We better the pattern. Better do something. It's the pattern yeah. I keep talking about. It's the pattern. Yeah. It's it's just. Don't always reacting, not proacting. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, this is terrible. We'll return to the podcast after this message. Take a walk down the dark alleys of the forgotten 600 year history of bloody massacres. See the hideaways and morning ghosts. Come face to face with souls' deepest, darkest secrets. What lies under the concrete? Or who? The dark side of soul ghost walk. Look now, if you dare. So. So those are some of the uh, the big events of 2020 in Korea. And there were a lot more, but I think those were some of the key events and some minor ones like that UFO one is just funny. That's just some comic relief, like intermission. I want more relief. of those stories next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's have more of those. So, so it's been a pretty rough year, Joe. Pretty, pretty bad. I think but, we're seeing uh, the, we're, we're seeing the end. Of the bad times, we're getting through. It's like uh, yep. we're on our final lap. Yeah, that's right. As long as we don't trip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so everyone, yeah, we'll do our breakdown now. Go right to the end. But before we do the closing, Happy New Year! Happy everyone New has year. a good year. Thanks for listening all this year. Um, starting the podcast was kind of. Joe and I were talking about it for months and months before we actually decided to do it. And it was coronavirus that really pushed us to, to finally yeah. to start it. Yeah. Actually good things have some good things have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Amidst all this right. and bad things. Yeah. It's, That's right. Yeah. I felt guilty because I've actually had a pretty good year. <laughs> I think all around. Yeah. Like I I've had a pretty big pay cut. Um, You've had a, but, yeah, you have, a, um, and the, the tour business has been on pause kind of, we, mm, we just wrote right. off the year. We decided that. And yeah. so yeah. did other things, but uh, I've personally, yeah, I, I've, I've started this year long sobriety experiment. I mean, mm. I didn't really like have a bad, they always say, I didn't really have a bad problem, but I just wanted to see if I could just mm. not drink anything for a year and see if I could do it mm-hmm. because, and I've lost a ton of weight from that. Mm got my health mm-hmm. health under control mm-hmm. it's been good and and financially i've been doing better i've been able to enough to hold off it's been good it's been good right i mean i mean uh now we do have a patreon mm-hmm. uh but but the, the money from the patreon goes into the podcast yeah yeah it goes back and yeah, it doesn't go to us yeah so but uh and Sean's whiskey budget. It, it, it's not nearly enough money from Patreon to pay for my whiskey budget. <laughs> to pay for my whiskey. Yeah. I like you're talking about. like, yeah, tried this sobriety experiment all year. Sean's whiskey budget is enormous. <laughs> <laughs> He's compensating yeah. for me. Yeah. And now with uh, coronavirus, we're, you know, chances looking that we're going to go up to social distancing level three and for people who don't know what that is that's korea's korea has a a, a tiered system of numbering one 1. 1.5 2.5 and three and three is the highest looks like we're probably very likely going to hit that um so yeah we have a sister podcast the soul podcast to do with mm-hmm. uh, emma kaka mm-hmm. and uh we we've been talking we just did a show we're, we're just talking we'd mostly talk about corona on our shows 
<laughs> right, all this stuff. Yeah. We just love we love the fight tier system that has three numbers. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I think I think I think it's psychological. I think that's their approach to it. Well, we, we went through all these reasons why, and and and, and, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, of course, because why have something simple when you can make it convoluted? Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I've thought about that a couple of times. I my my idea is that yeah maybe it's it's um it's psychological because 1.5 looks better than two no well, I, I said i said on the soul podcast okay. i it's, it's my other way of looking at the korean government is it's it's a dad driving a car while the kids are screaming in the back seat oh you mentioned that in, um, here as well on our podcast yeah but well. in this case it's like i'm going to count to three one <laughs> 1.5 that's exactly what's going on it's like don't one and make half. me count to three one one and three quarters we're at, we're at 2.5 <laughs> yeah anyway good stuff anyway we have listener so mail New Year, everyone listener mail before we finish up yeah so don't forget, yeah. If you have a, we've been getting a lot of messages and things like that in the last, uh, probably in the last couple of weeks. Really, there's been a huge increase in uh, in, list, in people sending us messages through our Instagram or Facebook, and um, yeah. So send us a message if you just have a comment or anything you like to say, uh, like to hear us read on the podcast. Send it to us on uh, Instagram or Facebook. And uh, one from tonight is uh, that I just want to read real quick is from Tracy Fenner. Now, we talked about Tracy in a podcast a long time ago, but Tracy commented on our Facebook post uh, promoting the uh, King Sejo episode, part one. one. And she said, good podcast. I need to know the rest now. (laughs) So that's because it's a two-parter. So... Sorry, Tracy, you're going to have to wait for part two. Oh, I guess well, by now you've... you've by now she's already waited. You've heard listen, you've listened to part two. That's right. So uh, so thanks for, for commenting again. If you do have anything you want us to... You want to say about the podcast or something, yeah, send us a message and we'll we'll read it on on air. What we do you got to say, Joe? Um, I really... Thank you, Tracy. Hmm. Thank you. Uh, I, I also want to thank... Uh, we. Our patrons have been growing mm-hmm. this past week. It's been great. Um, welcome all of our new patrons on Patreon, which is on patreon.com slash dark side of soul. Uh, we're starting at the $5 tier. You get a lot of extra content. Really, you get you get more Sean's sexy voice. Um <laughs> This this is this is my new this is my new comparison for you. This is my new analogy for you. You're the Rod Sterling Rod Sterling of podcasting. Oh, I'll take that. I was just Love I was Rod just Sterling. Watch, watching something about him, and I was like, that that's Sean. <laughs> he his voice came from drinking uh, from smoking, maybe drinking. <laughs> I think I don't pick know. one, pick one, both. <laughs> <laughs> Big smoker, that guy. I love Rod Serling, though. What a what a what a creative mind. Great, had his pulse on on weird fiction. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, we're thanking all of our new our patrons. Uh, so we like to thank our top tier patrons: Angel Earl, 
Joe Bonamini, Jamie Staley, Sharon Cullen, and Devin Hifner. Yeah, brand new. Thanks, Devin, for joining us. And, oh, okay. <laughs> Wake up, Joe. We're almost done. Not done I, I was just like, okay, okay, we're there. All right. Uh, everyone, please, uh, uh, if you haven't subscribed, subscribe to us just on and leave us uh, comments. Uh, uh, well, I want to mean leave us reviews on like uh, your, your, where you get us on Apple Podcasts and, and Spotify, uh, Stitcher. We're on a lot of these. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on, uh, uh, I think we're on Amazon now too. We're on the Amazon Podcast on Audible. Yeah, we're on. We're, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are we're on, on Audible. <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I've been an Audible subscriber for a decade, and I didn't know we were on there. Huh. All right. <laughs> You're not subscribed to us? the hell, man? I've subscribed on Google Podcasts. Right. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Until next time, stay spooky. And don't forget, there are 12 days of Christmas, and the last day of Christmas, old Christmas Day, is January 6th. So it's still Christmas. So Merry Christmas or Scary Christmas to all and to all a good fright. Mm-hmm.